It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And the Bears still suck. Confirmed. Uh, science and experimentation. And the Bears still suck. Look, it's great. It's great to be back to winning football. Amazing. Amazing. So what I did with this one was, is I went through the game and I sort of wrote down on the old-timey news uh, sort of paper with a biro what I liked. But before I did that, and I'm notoriously bad for promotion and housekeeping. I always leave this stuff till the end uh, because of the whole fan club vibe, right? But let me get the housekeeping out of the way. Watch party number two uh, is on offer. Uh, the tickets are seven quid unfortunately, uh, but with that you get security and all this stuff. All of that money goes straight to the venue, uh, blue in the face saying it, but it's uh, really filling up now. So we have Watch Party 1 on the Hippodrome, Watch Party 2 in Bloomsbury Lanes. Uh, so all of our information about what we're doing for London is all in one handy place, ukpackers.co.uk I sound very salesman-y, uh, ukpackers.co.uk forward slash London and that's where you'll see all the events that were happening because people might be sick of me you know tweeting out the same stuff or talking about London but the bottom line is is you know this literally happened about maybe five times is that I put it on Facebook here's all of our plans for London and then about maybe five minutes after someone said hey what's going on in London lads got out and planned so this is why I have to keep sort of hammering at home so because with social media with podcasting with everything not everybody listens uh, to every single episode not everybody sees every single post people have stuff going on so here it is again watch party 2 is up there so what do we have going on the pep rally uh, which is on the Saturday that's free and it's organised by the Packers there's going to be Leroy Butler is going to be there Dave Robinson um, just me- mega names uh, Nick Depick is going to be there Mark Murphy the president uh, there's going to be fun and games and all kinds of shenanigans going on that starts at around at around approximately circa 12. Uh, now, why do I say it so weirdly? Well, they don't put a time on it. Uh, so, word on the street is, it's 12-ish. Uh, so, come along. Now, what I will say is, is that we're also doing a pre-order of cheese heads. News item number two. So, the pro shop agreed to bring stuff over and give us a pre-order price on it. So, if you try to get a cheese head from the States... Uh, you'll spend €145.79 to be exact because I went and did it. I took the screenshot and that's what prohibits everybody. They're very popular of an ask here. People always say, where can I get it? I've got a mate stag or my husband's a cheese head or my girlfriend is a cheese head and they want this thing. And we can never get them because the price to bring them over is insane, right? The postage is 80 quid. The tax is 30 quid. The cheese head itself is like 27 euro. Uh, so rounded up to 30. So we're selling them uh, for 60 on pre-order. Uh, thanks to the Packers Pro Shop. And what you can do is there's a couple of ways that you can get them then. So you pre-order them. You can either pick them up at the pep rally between half 11 and 3 on Saturday. Or if you're coming to one of our watch parties, they will actually deliver them uh, with your name on it to our watch party. And we can hand it out then. So if you're going to either watch party or you're going to the game and can swing by the watch party on game day, that's your man. Uh, if not then you can order them on and get them in the pep rally now speaking of the London games I gave away my game ticket because I wanted to organise these watch parties 
And since then, I've come across some other tickets of friends and stuff who say that they can't go or whatever. And instead of putting it out to scalpers, uh, what we decided to do was is do another Patreon draw with the tickets in it. So initially it was going to be two tickets. It's actually expanded to three. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers, uh, prize one, prize two and prize three in October is a, ga- is a game ticket. It's Packers London Gold Dust game ticket which is unbelievable, if you ask me. These things are worth four or 500 quid. Um, and what can you get them for? You have three chances of winning for a tenner. You go in, you sign up to Patreon. It doesn't take your money straight away. The billing cycle is the first of every month. So on the 1st of October, you will pay 10 quid and then you're in the draw to win one of three Packers tickets, which is pretty insane. It doesn't matter whether you're Patreon for ages, whether you're just a new patron, everybody has the same because it's all randomised. I'll say it again, for a tenner, you have a chance to win three tickets. So scalpers be damned, uh, get get your mitts on it. But look, I want to talk about how the Bears suck because there's nothing more we love here than Packers football and also the Bears sucking. Usually, they go hand in hand. I think the record for the Packers, we've won seven on the trot now against the Bears, which is uh, way up there with, our re- I think our record is 10 back in the 90s. And my question is, is this still a rivalry? You know, the players will say it is, us fans say it is, you know, we sort of log our heads and we go back and forth. But if we're honest with ourselves, is it though? Is it a rivalry? Now the thing is, uh, Brett Favre, who's been in the news, unfortunately, um, you know, his jersey retirement, they pooed all over him. So it still has the capacity to throw up some spanners in the works. And we saw the Vikings game which we can speak of, by the way, because they got absolutely spangoled by the Eagles. And the same happened with the Saints where you overreact on two different sides. So one, you say, oh God, the Packers are crap now. And then the other side, you say, oh my God, the Saints are just so going to be dominant this year. And then we saw that didn't happen. And this exact same happened with the Vikings. Um, you know, we look at them, we got Justin Jefferson the stud, you know, the defense stepped up, our defense didn't, we made mistakes all over the field, special teams were meh, everything else was pretty poor, uh, who's Aaron Rodgers going to go to, we suffer him without Devontae, and then, you know, week two rolls around and we put on a dominant performance like we did, and I'll run through it a little bit, and then you look at the Vikings getting spanked and you're like, what was all that about? And it's we're just going to have to put it down to tradition, you know, Green Bay is a traditional place, uh, you know. 1921, 1919, football starts, enters the NFL, you know, oldest rivalry, all this kind of gear. So it's just one of those things, cheese curts, um, telling people to sit down at goal package uh, games and then losing week one to anybody. I think we should put together a team and offer to play them in week one just to get it over with. But look, it's no surprise that the Packers won this game and there's a couple of reasons why uh, we leaned into it. And most of these are obvious and they're already out there in the media they're talking about look we fed Aaron Jones if you look at the box score he's like he was at one stage during the game he was averaging 10 yards a carry which is historic we're actually and I know I'll probably say that weird as an Irishman but here we are the thing is we're witnessing history right now there's very few running backs in the league ever that has done what Aaron Jones has done up to this point and an awful lot of those running backs were seen as these premier guys coming out they were expected to do it they were playing in a different era uh, whereas Aaron Jones is doing it today in front of our very eyes and it's just unbelievably hard to believe. You know, the fact that he was drafted behind Jamal Williams and came through after all these injuries. And not only that, he's a superstar and a stud on the field, but such a nice guy off it. You know, everything's yes ma'am, yes sir. He's mannerly, he comes from a military background. 
Um, and there's nothing not to like about the guy. I mean, he hasn't put a, a foot wrong, which is incredible to see. But his success on the field, we can't talk about him if we don't talk about the fact that Elton Jenkins was back on the right side of the line. You know, a side that just completely disintegrated against the Vikings. And Alan Lazard was back. And I know an awful lot of people balked at the fact of, you know, when I said and other people said, oh, Alan Lazard's wide receiver number one, he's going to be back, he's going to do great things. They go, yeah, right. Uh, you know, this is a guy, what did we pick him up off the a Jaguars practice squad? Uh, he went undrafted. And here he is doing the business. And there's a mixture of what type of player he is, uh, his measurables, and also the fact that he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. But his blocking ability is just sensational. So the fact that you have Elton Jenkins back, you have Alan Lazard out there putting in some serious work uh, on the blocking side of things, as well as catching a touchdown, um, it just really blew open how good this Packers team can be when they spread the ball around. So we sort of went through it, you know, from the start of the game as we went through, and we didn't cover ourselves in glory in the first quarter. And there's a funny video that I put out there from the Packers group account of the Bears fan, and he sort of splits his reactions in the four quarters and you know, the first one, he's all cheery. I like the way they brought Christian Watson into it with a pitch pass. That's one thing I would say is that I would like to see more of Christian Watson, but you cannot make a statement like you did in, in game one. First play of the game, first play of his career as an NFL starter. And we all know the story, he drops the ball. It's just so out there. It's like when the Packers lost to the Seahawks. It's just so visible and it's so gigantic I guess of a statement whether you like it or not just by virtue of when it happened and how it happened um, that that you can't help but sort of you know get tarnished by that a little bit and I just wonder as Christian Watson have they decided you know you'd wonder you can go all you know overboard on it and say has Aaron Rodgers lost faith in him or whatever but look it sort of you know coincides with the fact that they recognised that Aaron Jones was a weapon last week they didn't use him enough so they were going to use him this week plus Alan Lazard is back plus Cobb got open Watkins had a great game you know and in fact you know I was going to get there sort of as we went down through it but the first time I heard heard Tonyan's name his first appearance was at the very end of the half so Tonyan, who lit it up a couple of seasons ago, who's a fantastic set of hands, we don't see him really until the end of the first half. And it just goes to show when they were talking about last week, you know, do you want to get Jones involved? Do you want to get this involved, that involved? Oh, what about this person? And they were sort of like, you know, we can only hand the ball to so many people. And that really showed true here. Like Sammy Watkins in the first half had a couple of chunk plays, had a fantastic play. Um, at the end of the game as well from a massive gain which is why they were sort of gushing about him on the sideline um, Aaron Jones you know his rush touchdown Lazard's blocking on that and I'm glad they highlighted it on the comms was just fantastic in the first quarter so the second quarter swings around you know and you're kind of a bit apprehensive but the, just the pressure from the defence was unbelievable in consecutive plays we had Preston Smith bringing pressure getting a sack we had Rasul Douglas with a massive tackle ultimately setting the Packers up with good field position. And then uh, Amari Rogers calls a fair catch and we end up uh, getting it at the 40. Um, you know, we see Randall Cobb coming into this game and I'm pretty sure he was targeted three times and caught three times, which is, I remember saying this years ago on the podcast, is that, you know, Cobb might not be asked to do a lot. He might play in just this sort of relief role in the slot. But every catch he makes is when usually when Rodgers is under duress. And that was the same in this. Just the, just the sheer brilliance of that throw. 
uh, from Aaron Rodgers to, to Randall Cobb was incredible. But it was just the inventiveness and the sort of um, play design that I saw in some of these uh, was just really inventive and amazing. If you go back and look at the Packers game on Game Pass, if you have it, go to the game in 40 and go to 15 minutes and 26 seconds in or around there. And the Packers concede a penalty and they are second and 28. And then with this inventive play, the whole left side of the offensive line just sheds their blockers immediately. Doesn't block anybody. They go the defense go unblocked. And the whole left side get out in front, go to the next level, and they uh, get some blocks in. And it, it was just a thing to behold. And then straight after that, then I think they have like a third and maybe eight. And then Cobb gets the first down. So just the, the play design there of just having the balls to go for. Because usually you see like first and second and twenty. And it's just done. You're just trying to get back to the, you know, second and 10, third and 10 marker to try to take a shot downfield. Whereas LaFleur had the balls of steel to completely shed the left side of the line uh, to release blockers. I think it was for uh, Dobbs, Romeo Dobbs. And then to go with Cobb on the next one and just get the first down. So, you know, second and 28, no problem. And then straight after that, there's more excellent play design with a pitch to Jones and they just bring AJ Dillon out front and he clears the way, which is just fantastic. Also, special team stepped up and the name that I kept seeing all night uh, was Levitt. So he was out there all the time. They say he's a gunner and he's you know brought in to be a specialist and all of that analysis always sounds very sexy until you see the game tape and then you look at it and go, well, where is he, you know? Uh, Rashan Gary, straight after the special team makes a great play. Rashan Gary's in the backfield creating a nuisance of himself. Uh, Devondre Campbell, puts pressure on and they can't get the pass completed. Stokes gets a bruising tackle in immediately and it's those type of instant tackles and instant contact like that that really puts uh, you know the wide receivers and running backs with blinkers on because they think the minute they catch the ball they're going to get absolutely smashed. Straight after this we have Aaron Jones with some absolutely sublime footwork avoiding a tackle where he should have been put down almost for a loss and gains 10 yards. And then we have that, what I was talking about earlier, that A-Rod to Cobb, sort of impossible uh, under duress throw. And then Tanyan makes his appearance um, again. But this is what I mean. Like, I mean, we don't hear Tanyan. Then he makes this appearance at the end of the first half, which ultimately sets up Lazard for that touchdown. So, you know, it's, and then we have excellent blocking and, from Lazard and then he comes out and scores the touchdown does that ayahuasca uh, celebration which shows that sort of camaraderie as well so Lazard is seemingly doing it all there were certain times where I was sort of rewinding the tape and going back and looking at Mercedes Lewis again you know they mentioned his age on the the comms did the fact that he was 38 and he just shows no signs of slowing down sometimes when I look at it you know I have to rewind it just to see like, like is it an old lineman or is it actually him and it's him uh, just an absolute beast to have out there in the field. Um, but like I said, look, you know, Rashan Gary starts off the second half uh, with massive pressure. And then the defense starts to kind of go a little bit downhill. We witnessed more greatness from Aaron Jones. You know, it was during this period in the second half that they quoted he was running, you know, 10 yards a carry, which is ridiculous. But then the D starts to make these fundamental mistakes. Um, now, I don't know whether it's because we'd scored 21 unanswered points in the second quarter. Um, so at this point, the game was up quite a lot. So I just can't explain it. You know, the fact that these fundamentals fall away. There was so many mixed, missed 
tackles on uh, Montgomery. And if you look at his yardage in the game, it flatters him really because an awful lot of this stuff, there was one run that he had in particular in the second half that was quite pedestrian and it was odd to look at because he was just biding his time, letting the blocks form, shedding a couple of tackles and getting on with it. But what I would say is, is that, you know, we turned that ball over uh, with the mistake by AJ Dillon and the handoff. And after that turnover and after all of the after all those missed tackles, we only give up three points. Now, against potentially a better team or a team that will punish you more, you can't do that type of stuff. But the fact that we still only gave up three points, again, is a testament to how the defense kind of turned it around. Now, what I would say as well is, is that, you know, they're down 14 in the fourth quarter and credit to them. They committed to the run. Now, it was working, but it was also running out the clock. But they kept going to Montgomery and it kept working. So there was this sort of, you know, massive amounts of missed tackles. Some some of them, you know, you could put the Benny Hill music to. And then we come up to that massive fourth and inches call where, you know, Fields is is very mobile. He's running down. He put, gets put the ground before he can reach over and they stop him. An awful lot of controversy there. Um, of course, but it was ultimately deemed inconclusive, so they they ruled it out, and that was huge for this game because you can, if you can imagine, if they went in for that and they reduce it to a one score game, all of these ropey, hairy things can happen. It lets Rogers and Co to be able to sort of unleash it a bit more. So in that next drive, we see a, a keeper from Rogers, and then we see that massive pass to Sammy Watkins in the middle of the field, and then of course. Uh, you know, when we do run out the uh, game clock and we have to give the ball over, Jair Alexander comes in with an unbelievable amount of ground covered uh, with that interception to just seal off kind of a perfect ending to the game. I think the real ending comes when AJ Dillon goes over for that first down. But what I saw in the first quarter wasn't all that inspiring. The second quarter was just unbelievable. Uh, you know, just sublime play calling. Those points where Aaron Rodgers was turning around to Matt LaFleur and saying... That was the one, particularly that inventive play where AJ Dillon went out. Very reminiscent of uh, Thunder and Lightning back in the day uh, for the Packers, uh, Horning. Um, so, you know, just AJ Dillon leading the way and Aaron Jones seemingly just strolling in for the touchdown. Really inventive stuff. Uh, the fact that we were, you know, second and 28 and the whole left side of the line just shed their blockers. Aaron Rodgers got the ball out quickly and it absolutely panned out with Romeo Dobbs. I like that Watson was in there for a few pitch plays as well. And there was uh, sort of, you know, from the game tape experts, there was a couple of little sort of excerpts of uh, Watson absolutely blasting past his defender as well. So I do think we can use him more there. But I can't really criticise the game plan here. I mean, it's a W first off. Second off, come on. I mean, Matt LaFleur is one of the most winningest coaches. And I do believe in that whole mantra of just keep doing what works. Like if you're playing Tekken against your mate and you're you're doing the kick and it keeps smashing them in the face and you're winning, just keep doing it. Um, it's not always entertaining, but that game was goddamn entertaining. But if Aaron Jones uh, is working, which more often than not he does, and it's just real complimentary football to see him and AJ Dillon uh, play off each other, to see Lazard in there, to see Mercedes Lewis acting as a blocker. It's all really coming together. Now, one good game does not make a championship team. Uh, but similarly, last week, one bad game doesn't make you absolute pants. So uh, the sort of games worked out in our favour. 
the Lions look dangerous. Uh, but apart from the Lions, uh, you know, the Vikings lose and then we beat the Bears. So we're kind of putting it uh, sort of back in level playing field to a degree. Now, we've got some hard games coming up, uh, but certainly that was really, really promising what we saw there. And it was great to have Jenkins back. And you can just imagine if we had a relatively full strength line, just what extra that we could do. But it was just fascinating to go back and watch. I would advise to go back and look at the game in 40 and just pick a different player every time. Pick Myers, uh, you know, pick Dean Lowry and see what he's at. Pick Preston Smith, Razul Douglas, Devondre Campbell, um, you know, Romeo Dobbs. Have a look at Watson. He doesn't get the ball a whole lot, but just have a look at him and see what routes he's running. I just found it really interesting. And you can definitely go down a rabbit hole where you watch the game in 40, but you end up rewinding it so many times, you might as well have watched the whole game. But anyway, uh, excellent game, excellent win. Confirmed the Bears still suck. So quick reminder, watch party number two is available for booking. Places are limited. You can get your pre-ordered cheese head delivered to those watch parties if you get a watch party ticket or if you want to pick it up at the pep rally. It's all in the shipping options when you go and order it on the website. Just go to ukpackers.co.uk and hit the shop. And then outside of that, you have a one in three chance. Um, well, you don't, well, if there was three people in the draw, but I'm giving away three London tickets in the Patreon draw. I'm not going to the game. I'm going to hang out with the people at the watch party. And the two watch parties are very close to each other, so I'm going to be going back and forth uh, between the two and hopefully doing some monster giveaways there as well but if you want a chance to win that london ticket and again they're all single seats because that's all i could get my hands on get in that patreon draw the money only gets taken out of your account which is a tenner um on the first of october and that's why i'll be doing the draw then so it'll be one of those things where you know when you sit by the radio if you win the holiday you better be prepared to go so that's the way it is so three london tickets so that's patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. So anyway, I've been at Steve NFL. I'll be back with the preview show and hopefully we'll get Daryl uh, back on the podcast as well. And then after that, then you'll catch me on the radio every single Saturday morning on Sunshine 106.8. But until then, folks, go Pack Go. The Bears still suck. Speak to you then.